Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia. This is your host, Motormouth Mosley. The call in to the show is 347-945-7975. We've got a whole lot of sports to talk about on this beautiful Tuesday night here in Georgia. It ain't a rainy night in Georgia, but it is a beautiful night in Georgia. Had a great time at Bible study night. Now let's get into some great Football action. We've got NFL. We've got uh, some college football action. Uh, in most states, you've got some high school action going on. I'm going to give a big shout-out to the Milani Trojans and the Buff and Blue of Puno, who, who will be playing in Hawaii's state football championship this upcoming weekend. Also, that's in Division One, In Division Two. I want to give a big shout-out uh, to... I believe this is the Kauai Warriors versus the Kaiser Cougars who will be playing in the Division II championship. Big shout-out goes to my man, Kurt Clivio, star wide receiver of the Kaiser Cougars. Um, as I said, we've got some NFL action that we want to get into. I want to talk about some coaches whose butts should be warmed, and that's not because they're riding in a luxurious car with seat warmers, but their butts should be warm because that seat has gotten hot. It's about time for them to find a new home. They, if they keep their job another year, I'll actually be surprised. So I want to touch on that a little bit later. I want to definitely touch on some college football because we've got, uh, got a great game coming up this weekend. We've got a whole lot of cupcake games. But we got a couple of real good games that I think are must-see TV this weekend in college football. Uh, after another rough week uh, getting slapped around by the NFL, I went 8-7 and seven, thanks to some upsets that happened late, uh, especially uh, that Carolina upset over New England, which I called. Um, another great weekend of football, though, another great week of picks. Uh, and I'm ready for my picks, picks for this weekend. Uh, the games start this week on Thursday night again, and of course uh, you already knew that, but the games that start this week happen to be um, the Atlanta Falcons open up against the, actually playing host to the New Orleans Saints, who have come off of a couple of uh, uh, great games, and uh, uh, Coach Sean Payton is back doing his thing with the Saints, and they are looking really good. Uh, I didn't – I had them in my power rankings as, I believe, the number three – the number four team in the NFL uh, power rankings. And, uh, and, the folks, honestly, I haven't seen anything that changes my mind on that. They still look real dominant. They still look real powerful. And uh, they opened up against the uh, – Atlanta Falcons, who, as I said, are having a bit of a rough, rough season. They're 2-8, and eight, tied with Tampa Bay for the seller of the NFC South. Um, offense is in disarray. Uh, no run game to really speak of. 
a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. But, you know, injuries are a part of the game, so you can't hide behind that excuse. But a lot of injuries going on with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, some folks have said that uh, uh, Coach Mike Smith might be uh, in trouble and uh, the GM Dimitrov uh, may be on his way out. But Arthur Blanks came out earlier this week and said they don't have anything to worry about. They're not going anywhere. So although they had a great season last year, they went like 13-3. and three. Uh, Things just haven't gone their way this year. All those bounces and uh, fortunate uh, happenings that happened last year, uh, they've turned into fumbles and interceptions and uh, miscues that uh, have them at the bottom of their division. And then losing to uh, cellar-dweller uh, Tampa Bay last week, uh, that, that, and that's basically a season low for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. But it was a, you know, they got their bitter rival, and when you're down and out and not having a good season, nothing is better they're knocking off the big dog, and right now the New Orleans Saints are back being a big dog. Now they got their coach, Sean Payton, back running the helm and running over people. Uh, so that should be a good matchup, but I actually still believe, and I will get to my picks a little bit later, I do believe that the New Orleans Saints will pretty much dominate that game, and there will be a whole lot of folks here in Atlanta walking around saying, who that, who that, who that. Now that's the thing. Uh, I got to say there will be a uh, oh, time – uh, this weekend after the game. Um, so that's the Thursday night game. That's a two, uh, an 8-2. and two, uh, I got it actually written down backwards. I got an 8-2 and two Saints team versus a 2-8 and eight Atlanta team. I'm definitely picking the Saints to win that one. Then starting on Sunday, we've got the Steelers and the Browns, the two, four, and six teams matching up. I'm picking the Steelers to go into Cleveland and win that one. Uh, we've got a 2-8 and eight, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer team going into Detroit playing against the Lions, and the uh, Lions are 6-4 and four this year. I expect them to move up to 7-4. and four. I, I uh, don't see that the Buccaneers will win three in a row, in a row and uh, that will put Coach Greg Schiano back on the hot seat even after winning two games in a row. Uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, go into Green Bay playing the Packers. Big time uh, division rivalry, one of the oldest, greatest rivalries in the NFL. Uh, Leslie Frazier. Mike McCarthy, the head coaches, um, both teams are in disarray. Vikings are 2-8. and eight. Packers are playing really bad ball since losing Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Uh, you got a 5-5 five and five Packer team, a 2-8 and eight Vikings team. I expect Minnesota to go into that game, get a big heavy dose of Adrian Peterson, and walk away with that win. I think it's going to be close. It's actually not going to be a pretty game to watch. I expect Minnesota to win that one. You've got a 4-6 and six, uh, San Diego Charger team going into Kansas City who lost their first game uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night, to the uh, Denver Broncos on Sunday night. So you've got the Chargers and the Chiefs, another division rivalry, but uh, Chiefs will move up to 10-1. and one. Uh, Even though they lost last week, I expect them to take care of business at home. Uh, you've got a 4-6 and six Chicago team going into St. Louis playing a uh, a four and six Rams team, uh, six and four versus four and six uh, Bears Rams. Uh, let me see. I'm going to go with the oh, Bears. The Bears to win that one on the road. You've got the Carolina Panthers going into Miami. That's a seven and five, seven and three Panther team playing against a five and five Dolphin team. One of the things that's being overlooked this season is the great season that's being had by Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton set a whole lot of records for first and second year uh, quarterbacks. Uh, stats were you know through the roof. Had a little bit of a down year last year, but is back to playing great ball again. And probably if not for Alex Smith, uh, uh, Drew Brees, and of course Peyton Manning, he would he, he would probably be one of the front runners for the uh, this year's offensive MVP. I still think he should get some mention if he uh, the season ended right now. Considering what he's done with that team, got them playing great ball at seven and three, probably getting ready to go to eight and three. I would mention Cam Newton in that conversation for MVP. That would be my call. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to win it, but I definitely think he needs to be in the conversation. Uh, at uh, the next game is the New York Jets at five and five, and the Baltimore Ravens, defending Super Bowl champions, are struggling at four and six. I expect them to pick up a win at home. They should beat the Jets at home and take care of business. They'll go to five and six. Hopefully they'll end the season above uh, 500, but uh, with the attrition of players that they lost last year to retirement and excuse me to retirement and to uh, free agency, um, it's been a struggle for the Ravens. But I do expect them to take care of the Jets at home. Want to welcome Coach Howard to the show. He's logged in the chat. I'm sure he's going to have a running commentary. It's probably going to distract me and make me laugh while I'm running my mouth. But do want to welcome him to the show. I see a few other callers in the room. Want to thank you for logging in. And I got someone waiting on the line. Um, I'll check with them in a minute, see if they want to come on. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Oh, Jacksonville and the Texans. The Texans are struggling also. Uh, problems at quarterback, problems with the coach, problems with the running game, problem with their defense. What was a, a stout defense last year under Wade Phillips? It is now a struggling defense uh, that spends way too much time on the field because uh, their offense can't uh, sustain a drive. So you've got a 1-9 Jaguar team playing against a 2-8 and eight Texan team. Maybe the ugly game of the week, the butterface game of the week. It's ugly, but at least it's NFL football. Uh, I will probably go with the Houston Texans uh, to keep Jacksonville with one win. They'll go to 1-10. Uh, at 4-6, and six, you've got the Titans and the Raiders, two 4-6 teams battling it out. That game is going to be in the Bay Area, definitely picking the Raiders to go to 5-6. and six. Hopefully they can find a way to get to 500 this year. I know a whole bunch of Raider fans that would be thrilled if they could at least get to that point. I know they, uh, Terrell Pryor is going to, not going to be playing a quarterback. I think he's got a high ankle sprain. I think he had, that was the issue with him or was a wrist. Not sure, but in either case, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing this weekend, and that does make a difference because he is one of the young budding stars of the NFL. He's got a lot to learn about playing the position, but he's got a lot of talent, and it looks like he's got a lot of will to learn to be better. But I, I will go ahead and I'll take the Raiders at home. You've got a 7-3 Colts team going in Arizona playing against the Cardinals at 6-4. and four. I'm taking care of the Cardinals. The Cardinals will take care of business at home. The Cardinals will smack around uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts. That should be a good game. You've got the five and five Cowboys against the four and six Giants. Uh, my personal feelings aside, uh, both teams, uh, that whole division is stinking up the place. Just to be honest, you can't be can't sugarcoat it. You can't be nice between the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins, and uh, the Giants. None of them are playing consistently good ball. Philadelphia has played well over the last couple of weeks, but they looked terrible three or four weeks ago when they played against the Cowboys. Seems like they've had a resurgence. Nick 
Cole seems to be playing better now. So uh, that whole division absolutely stinks. Uh, Dallas can win this one. I believe they'll tie uh, Philadelphia for the lead at 6-5. and five. Uh, It's probably going to be just like the last three seasons. It's going to go down to the wire to the last week of the season, week 17. Dallas will play against the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe that's going to be a home game, and they'll probably lose. Uh, and the winner of that game will probably go into the playoffs. Pessimistic, you can call it that. I, I call it being a realist. We don't do well in crunch time. We don't do well in great games that, that, that can get us uh, over the hump. So uh, this week I do expect the Cowboys to beat the Giants, even though that game is going to be in New York. Um, Coach Coughlin does have the Giants playing better ball. I think they've won three or four in a row. Uh, they've been on the schneid. For most of the season, but you know, as they always do, they find a way to play better ball, peak at the right time, and if they're lucky, they'll squeak into the playoffs. And then who knows what will happen? Cowboys is just usually just the opposite: get your hopes up, and then they fail you. Um, and then on Sunday night, you've got the Broncos against the Patriots. That's the nine and one Broncos going into Baston, playing actually it's Foxborough, uh, playing against the New England Patriots. Patriots coming off that loss against Carolina this weekend. I think they're going to be upset, but I don't think there's going to be anything they can do about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely picking the Broncos to take care of the Patriots in Boston. And then on Monday night, you've got the San Francisco 49ers playing against the Washington Redskins. This pains me to say, because people who know me know how I feel about the 49ers. I can't say that I hate them as much as I used to because Montana and Waters and, you know, those types of guys are no longer there, so I don't hate them as much as I used to. I like Kaepernick. I think Fred Gore is a great ball player. Love their defense. Love the guys on their team. Anquan Bolden, one of the toughest SOBs to ever play the game. So I don't hate the Niners even, even anymore. Even though you can look at my email address, it still says that, but I don't hate the Niners anymore. So I'm picking the Niners, which would actually do me – favor by beating the Redskins. I'll be even I may go back to hating the Niners if they don't beat the Redskins on Monday night. But as of right now, that's my pick. I'm picking the Niners to go into uh DC, take care of business on Monday night, embarrass them, beat them up, uh soften them up, do whatever you gotta do, uh demean them, uh discourage them, whatever dish you want to use. Uh but I I need the Niners to take care of business on Monday night. So to review my picks for week 12, that would be the Saints, Steelers, Lions, Vikings, Chiefs, Bears, Panthers, Ravens, Texans, Raiders, Cardinals, Cowboys, Broncos, Niners. So, Glenn, you're happy. I picked the Broncos. Howard, you can't be happy because I'm not picking the Seattle Seahawks this weekend, and Chris is going to be mad at me, but they're playing by, so they, I don't have to pick them. Um, and, and I did pick the Chiefs. Over the um, over the Chargers, Howard. So I know you're a big Charger fan. But in either case, that are my those are my picks for week twelve. And as for my power rankings for this week, um, a lot was settled on Monday night. And in all honesty, um, I'm I initially said that whoever won that game would be my number one power team, and whoever lost would be the number two power team, but I'm actually going to make a, a drastic move uh, with my power rankings. I'm going to go at number five. I'm going 
the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, yes, you heard it here first. Carolina Panthers are my number five team power ranking. At number four, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. That's my number four ranked power team. So there's two NFC teams at number five and number four. At number three, I'm going to Kansas City Chiefs. At number two, I'm going the Denver Broncos. As I said, there was some shakeup. I initially said uh, I initially said that the uh, one or two teams would be out of Kansas City and Denver. Well, that ain't the case. After watching some great football this weekend, there's been some major movements. Kansas City dropped, and so did Denver, even though Denver won. They still dropped. Uh, so that leaves my number one power ranking team. And no, it's not the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not that much of a homer. It's not that much of a homer. I'm not that much of a homer. But my number one power-ranked team, Seattle Seahawks. Yes, Krista, I picked your Seattle Seahawks to be my number one power-ranked team. Uh, just in case you folks don't know, Krista is Coach Howard who calls into the show. It's his lovely wife. And, yes, Coach Howard, I'm going to read some of your commentary. Let's see. You say the Bolts are struggling. That's an understatement. That's like saying Stevie Wonder has poor vision. Uh, let's see. The Panthers are surging. Absolutely. One of the great uh, stories in the NFL, Cam Newton. I don't know if you were online at the time when I made the discussion, but Cam Newton, if things continue the way they are, needs to be mentioned in the MVP conversation. He probably won't win it just because of Peyton Manning and what the Denver Broncos are doing, uh, but he definitely needs to be mentioned. He's made some great progress. He's one of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL. Hey, folks, if you're listening, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. This is your man, Motormouth Mosley, doing what I do best, run my mouth. Well, what I do second best, the thing that I do best is eat. But, yeah, uh, the number one thing that I do uh, that doesn't involve food is talk sports, talk football, and run my mouth. Uh, also, before I leave the NFL, I want to say uh, – Goodbye to a great football player, and that's old Todd Christensen. He was a longtime NFL player, initially drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, uh, played a year with the New York Giants and spent most of his career as an Oakland Raider, Los Angeles Raider. Great tight end. Uh, it's hard for me to give him too much kudos because he was a BYU Cougar, and we all know how I feel about the Cougars of BYU. But uh, Todd Christensen passed this uh, last week. God rest his soul. Um, uh, and uh, condolences to his family, but uh, a great football player, great sports announcer, and uh, uh, I'm sure he'll be missed, and I'm sure his family will be missed. As I said, I've got a list of coaches also who I think should definitely be on the hot seat, who should be worried, should not be getting any long-term loans on their house, should be looking to relocate, probably not going to be planting any trees anytime soon, and these coaches are. I'll go over the list overall real quick of coaches who I think are on the hot seat, coaches who I think should be somewhat concerned, and if things don't turn around at this point in the season, they're probably going to be shown the door, shown the door. Now, these five coaches, I'm just going to pick five. There's probably going to be a few more. Some will retire. You know, some, there's been talk that Coach Coughlin at the Giants has had enough, and he's probably going to retire. We don't know. Uh, he may get a resurgence and go somewhere else. 
like Andy Reid did. You don't, you never know. But my list of five coaches who are on their way out are Coach Leslie Frazier of the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Shanahan of the Washington Redskins, Greg Schiano of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I'm going to say Gus Bradley. I would venture to say that 90% of you people, and I would be one of them, could not tell you who this man is. Never recalled hearing his name. I'm sure I have, but it never stuck. Gus Bradley is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a longtime assistant in the NFL, uh, first-year head coach. They are terrible. Former, yeah, absolutely right, Howard. Former defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Yeah, you got that right. But first year, Jacksonville playing probably some of the worst ball of anybody in the NFL. Uh, really, no, uh, no. There's nothing about them that makes you think that they have a future or that they're making any type of progress. So uh, those are four of the five coaches who I think should be very nervous about the rest of their career path. Uh, one of the names that I would put on my honorable mention or honorable less mention team would be Coach Gary Kubiak at the Houston Texans. I think that uh, uh, partially due to some health reasons, and, uh, and, and John Fox too at Denver, their health may be issues, and they may need to uh, go another direction. But uh, neither one of those two made my list. But there is one name on that list whom I have yet to mention, and that, of course, is the name of Jason Garrett. Dallas Cowboys needs to be shown the door. Uh, Let's go over these coaches real quick. Okay, like I said, Gus Bradley, first-year head coach on any level. He was a grad assistant back in the 90s, uh, was assistant in a few different places. Uh, You know, with with the defense that Seattle has been playing over the last couple of years, you know, it warranted him get a look to get, you know, uh, you know, some type of opportunity as a head coach. So he got it, and it doesn't look like it's working out because, you know, some guys just aren't meant to be head coaches, or maybe he's just not ready yet. Uh, needs a little bit more maturing as a coach uh, before he can actually take over the helm anywhere. He was a defensive coordinator with Seahawks from 2009 to 2012. That's three good years. We don't know if it was more him or Pete Carroll, uh, but in either case, you know, they were very dominant. They were very dominant, uh, but at one and eight, and with no promise of looking anywhere near good, yeah, the players may not be there yet, and you may want to give him a little bit more time just because it is his first year, and he, he, you know, he really doesn't have his kinds of players. He pretty had, probably hasn't implemented his system the way he wanted to, but I don't know. I don't know something about him. I just don't get a good vibe that there's going to be much improvement, and uh, sometimes you just got to cut your losses early. Uh, The next coach on my list, as I said, would be Coach Leslie Frazier. Leslie, good guy, former NFL player, but uh, no, it's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. Uh, Minnesota, uh, been banged up, absolutely. Uh, but uh, 
They've got too much talent on their team when they're healthy to struggle as much as they have over the last four or five years. So, uh, yeah, Coach Frazier, love you, but that's to go. Um, Mike Shanahan, head coach of the Washington Redskins. Now, yes, he's got a great legacy before going to Washington. He was 138-86 and in Denver, you know, won two Super Bowls in 97 and 98. So, yeah, he's got that legacy. He's definitely going to be, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's grooming his son, Kyle, to be a head coach. I think he's the offensive coordinator now at the Redskins. So, you know, he's building a legacy of being a great coach. But uh, I definitely do not, and I said do not, uh, think that he will uh, be retained after this year. I think Daniel Snyder wants to win and wants to win bad. Uh, the Redskins are in serious trouble. They're at 3-7 and seven in a weak division this year. Uh, since Shanahan has taken over, he's 24-34. and 34. That is just not acceptable for an owner like Daniel Schneider, who, much like Jerry Jones, wants to win and then will spend money to win. So when you spend money to win and don't win, heads got to roll. Um, the next coach on my list that's got to go is Greg Schiano. After a year and a half, he's 9-17 and 17 at Tampa. Uh, Raheem Moore did better than that and got let go. So I definitely don't see how they can hold on to uh, Shiano uh, another year. This. Now they do have two wins this year. They went seven and nine last year. Now they're sitting at two and eight. Their, their two victories came against uh, a two and eight Atlanta team and a struggling Miami team. They got the thirtieth ranked pass offense. And no, just nothing that's entertaining, nothing that's worth watching. So I would definitely say that Mike Shiano's on his way out. And you know what? To be fair to him, some guys are just better college coaches than they are NFL coaches. It's not for everybody. You know, he had a great successful run at Rutgers, um, and maybe that's where he is. Maybe he needs to be back in college. That's just my take. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I didn't touch on the other guy who I had on my list, that other guy who, 47 years old, Princeton kid, supposed to be the wounded kid, you know, that Jerry had pegged to take over the helm of the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett, in my opinion, even if you, even if this team turns around and wins the majority of the game, they say they finish, they're five and five now. Let's say they finish nine and seven. Let's say they finish ten and six. They finish ten and six and don't win a playoff game. You got to go. If they finish nine and six, nine and seven, and don't win a playoff game, you got to go. The only way you retain your job if I'm the owner is if we make it to the playoffs and you at least win two games. Anything less than that, Jason, you've got to go. The problem is, Jason, you have been over this program for the better part of four years. You took over midway through, and you went five and three, and everybody thought that all things were great. You're still playing with Wade's defense at the time. Uh, but, you know, and basically you switched up the offense once Wade was gone and you were back in charge. Uh, so, you know, that was, I'm not so sure how that played out. That wasn't the nicest thing to do. But basically over 48 games, which is, you know, comes out to about three years, you are sitting at 25 and 23. 
two games over 500. That's the two games you won the first two games over 500 that you won the first year. So in the last three years, you have been 500. You have been eight and eight, eight and eight, and now you're five and five. Unacceptable for the Cowboy Nation. Got to go. Got to go. Now the problem was you were hired 2010. Uh, you were a former Dallas Cowboy player. You. Played at a couple other places, New York Giants. You coached at a couple other places, Miami. And then Jerry brought you back as this wonder kid. Now, where Jerry made the mistake, where Jerry made the mistake is that he decided that you were the golden child and Sean Payton was expendable. And bad mistake. Let's basically go back a few years. Sean Payton took over the. New Orleans Saints in 2006 had an opportunity at that time to get Jason Garrett as the head coach. He won a couple of other rounds. He had Sean Payton on his staff when Parcells was there, but he let him go. He let him go down to New Orleans. He's been 73 and 38. 73 and 38. That's almost 67% wins. In New Orleans, perennial losing franchise, 40-plus years, virtually no success. But no, you let Sean Payton go down there, wins the Super Bowl. You had had a little stink of a problem a couple years ago. You got suspended for a year. You had an opportunity to get him in, and you still didn't go after him the way you should have, Jerry. But no, we got this guy, Sean, uh, Jason Gag, running things at our place, Still not happy about it. So he's the other guy that, in my opinion, got to go. So, yeah, Mike Shanahan, dead a doe. Greg Schiano, dead a doe. Gus, whoever you are, dead a doe. Jason Garrett, don't let the dough knob hit you with a good Lord split you. You're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. Let's check and see what Coach Howard's been chatting about. That's, you're absolutely right, Coach Howard. Nick Saban. Wasn't a good NFL coach, but he is kicking butt in college. And if you think about it also, Pete Carroll struggled as an NFL coach the first time around. Went back to USC, got better, honed his skill, learned more about the game, learned how to work with players, and good God of Molly, look what he's done. He's got one of the best teams in the NFL. He came back and was a great coach. Now, I don't think... Trust me, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry threw a whole lot of money at Nick Saban to come and run the team again. Who knows what Jerry's thinking? But he's got to make a move. He's got to pick somebody else up, and he's got to start this franchise over. Uh, but the first thing that I would do is I'd get this team, especially the skill position players in a yoga class, to get some flexibility in their hamstrings and their joints so every wide receiver isn't on the IR uh, with a pulled hamstring, and your linebackers aren't out for three or four weeks because of a pulled hamstring. Get them in some type of a yoga Pilates class. Who cares what they, uh, the world thinks? I know it works. I speak for it personally that it was great. I want to thank Coach Howard for listening in and his running commentary. Uh, he did make a comment that I missed. He thought that Marvin Lewis, if the Bengals don't make the playoffs, has to go. Disagree. Marvin Lewis will retain his job. If Marvin Lewis loses his job, uh, it won't be for long. He, he will be back at work real quick. 
uh, great NFL coach. Um, and um, I know some teams that would love to have him. But thank you so very much. I know this show is off the air. This is archive time. Still can listen to it uh, uh, at a later date. Uh, so I did want to go a little bit over. want to thank you for listening in. This has been the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Lovely Tuesday night. Have a great rest of the week. Don't forget, my picks are what they are. Oh, do want to touch on some college ball real quick. I think that I, I get on my, my college boys, my college boys. Um, my college boys. I did want to talk a little college football. Yes. Yes. My rankings, now I know this is all off the air, but my rankings are Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Missouri, Clemson, Texas A&M, Oregon, Auburn, Baylor, Florida State, and Alabama. That's 10 through 1. Uh, the great game of the weekend will be Texas A&M versus LSU. That's an 8-2 A&M game team against a 7-3 LSU team. You've got a 9-1 Missouri playing against a 7-3 and uh, Ole Miss team. I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, you've got Baylor at number three playing against the number 10 Oklahoma State team. Um, it's 9-0 against 9-1. Uh, if Baylor can get over that hump, all they've got is TCU and Texas to end the season. And in my opinion, that strength of schedule at least hops them over Ohio State, if not Ohio State and Florida State, because now it's looking like the ACC may have been overranked because uh, it may be, well, we'll say overranked, we'll say top-heavy, Clemson, Florida State, because now it looks like you're going to have a Duke team. Yeah, I said Duke, and it's not basketball season. You're going to have a Duke team that's going to be representing one of the divisions in the ACC uh, championship game. So it's probably going to be Florida State versus uh, Duke, and don't see that being a good game at all. I don't think Duke is going to be ready to match up against Florida State. So I, I still think that Baylor uh, should hop over. Definitely uh, in the BCS rankings, they should hop over a number three Ohio State team, but even more so, uh, they may have the opportunity to hop over a number two Florida State team. We'll see what happens. Uh, get ready to watch a bunch of great football. I want to thank you again for listening to the show. Have a great rest of the week. Aloha, everybody, and have a good night. <laughs>